0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we're wrapping up the Q&A, recording that we have uh, been playing the last couple of weeks. Hope you enjoy. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't have anything else to say that's clever this time, so just enjoy.
0: All right. See you. Come on over here.
1: Uh, we talk about date nights with our spouse, but what are some things you do with your kids together and individually that they will look back on their childhood and see how you were intentional to be fun or have special traditions?
0: So we talk about dates uh, with, between husband and wife, but how do we do family outings? Mm.
1: How do you have intentional time with your kids, right? Like one-on-ones.
0: Oh, one-on-one with kids. Yeah, yeah.
1: and be fun. You're really good at this. Yeah, I mean, you're really good at this too. (laughs) Thanks. I'm less fun than you, but I try, I work at it. I'm like a fun person, but with the kids, I'm more of like task mastery, you know, get the work done. But you're really, yeah, he comes in and he'll, he started taking the kids uh, one at a time to breakfast before school um, and they love it. And it's like half an hour, they're gonna eat breakfast anyways, right by our house. Um, If he ever is, just has one, which is rare because there's so many of them in our household, right? Um, The other day, you just ended up with one. And he just, he walked up. He's like, I'm going to take this one out. And I mean, just a picture of him and dad out on a little food. I mean, a lot of it's centered around food. I'm not going to lie. You do a lot of food stuff. You like food, treats. So, uh, But even just recently with our older daughter, I mean, 13-year-old girl, just uh, like they went on a bike, a little bike trip to and then got coffee. So he, he is particularly really good about that because he's so busy with his work schedule. I get more one-on-one time with them. And honestly, I probably do less like special outings with them, but I because I'm with them a lot more, um, maybe that's something, I mean, I try to capitalize on, I just have Alyssa, okay, you know, what, what can we talk about? But you're really good at taking them out, having fun. Eating something.
0: <laughs> you you find ways to create special times with the kids. Um, it's maybe just less like outings and excursions. Right, like right. You find times at in the home a yeah. lot. To yeah, yeah, more that so,
1: stuff. so there. Yeah.
0: And so it doesn't have to be you spend money on food. <laughs> it's nice what <when> you do. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, like baking with them or doing yeah. nails with the girls or doing something usually totally. physical with the boys. Yep. Like ping pong.
0: Right. Whatever. So yep. I want to take my girls on lots of dates and I call them that. I take them on dates. I ask them if they want to go on a date with me. I take them somewhere special. I treat them like they are the most precious thing in the world. And I tell them that they're beautiful and I, I just, I, yeah. I don't want to cry about it right now. <laughs> uh, so if I talk he a might. whole lot yeah. about it, I will. <laughs> but I, I really want, for them to feel loved um, and cherished and not go searching for that with some other chump, right?
1: He's setting the bar really high for the future spouse.
0: I just, yeah, totally. Um, I want them to have high standards for dates and for guys who are gonna be interested in them. And so I wanna try to cultivate that as best as I can. So I don't know what the regularity is, but as often as I can, I take them out on -on one-on-one and I try to be really intentional with that, with the girls. With the guys, I just try to do guy stuff with them and- um, Wrestle. Yeah, sometimes we just- sports
1: outside. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. just go into the office and turn on music and wrestle mania. That's it's Not not the church
1: office. That's (laughs) not the church office.
0: The home office. Our home
1: office. It's the say, room with carpet on the floor. Yeah, and he'll say, like, the dudes are going to go wrestle, babe. I'm like, okay, all right. The girls will paint our nails or something. I don't know.
0: That's not the only thing we do. We'll no. go on bike rides or, you know, whatever. And you take go. the boys out, too. The other, another thing I do with the guys, with the boys, is I take them to get things from mom. Let's think about mom. What would mom want? What like? would she like? You know? And so this is a way for them to, like, think of her and do something special for her, which I want to cultivate in them.
1: I actually do have a friend, too, that I'll text sometimes and, and remind, we'll remind each other, are you being a fun mom, too, though? Sometimes I do just straight up need the reminder when we're heading on a vacation or camping and there's a lot of work or something. It's like, hey, you're going to be fun, right? You're going to say yes. You're going to laugh. You're not going to be stressed about the food or the cleanup or the dirt. on the. You know, they're all dirty camping. And that's really helpful. It's like, yes, I'm praying for you to be fun because I want that fun time. I'm, I have to tell them a lot of times, no, I have to discipline. I have to make sure they're doing their chores and their homework and playing piano and memorizing their marijuana and, you know, it's like I wanna be fun too. I want them to laugh with me because I want a relationship with them that's good. So when I say hard things, they are listening too and there's balance, but I, I do need a reminder because I can get like, you know, things, even on a vacation or a trip, I, I need a reminder. And he, he'll remind me too. Like, we're going to have fun, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes,
0: fun. <laughs> so so when I do, um, I try to do once a week, take one of the kids to breakfast. And so every Friday, it's like, whose day is it this Friday? And they all want it to be their day.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: at, at those breakfasts, I, I, I try to make those a little bit more, like, spiritual and focused, a little more discipleship. And I ask them, like, what are you learning right now? What, what, is, what, are you, what are you learning in your church classes? What are you learning when you read your Bible? What is God teaching you? What's hard at school right now? I just ask them these kinds of things and we talk. And there's just a big difference between having, I could ask those same questions in, around the dinner table with six of us and we could have a really good conversation as a family, but there's just something different about it being one-on-one, one-on-one discipleship. There's something special about that. There's something significant about the exclusivity. So there are not five, four other people around the table. It's just me and you. What do you, what do you think about this? And I think good discipleship often has to be exclusive. It has to exclude in order to include the one special. So, so I want to disciple my kids in that sort of way, and outings are a good opportunity for that as well. So... We also see the value in doing things together as a whole family. We'll do outings, you know, big group, um, special trips, things like that. And, and to kind of connect to the earlier question about uh, the, the Sabbath day, our, our day off, we're trying to do kind of big, fun things together as a family as much as we can. And really, really capitalize on, on time off by going big in that way. Other questions? Okay, we have, yeah, a few more minutes, and then I want to end with enough time for you to talk at your tables, so. I've got a 10-year-old and a soon-to-be-8-year-old, and they're having an in girls already. Um, what is the right time to talk about um, reproduction? They've, they've asked me how, how are babies made, and then I think that's, that's a serious conversation you want to have, but also how just like Santa Claus for them not to spread amongst their Christian friends at church, at school, amongst their sports teams, which terrifies me because that's a personal conversation between parents and their kids to me. Yeah, we are proponents of talking with your kids about sex as early as possible. And so now talk with them in an age-appropriate way. That's probably uh, the big picture answer to the question is... Uh, We want to make conversations about sex not like off-limits, taboo, like we never bring this up, like this is only on special occasions that we bring this up, but actually the opposite. It's regular. We don't shy away from it. We don't treat it like it's this kind of weird thing for us to talk about. We just talk about it regularly with our kids. Try to normalize conversations. Uh, It's a good thing that God created And he wants husbands and wives to do that thing. And so, you know, how much they understand um, is going to, or I guess the the detail and the explanation depends on how old they are. But um, for sure, by the 10 and by 8, I think we should be giving specific detail about what sex is, how it works, and talking about it as a good thing that God created.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just started there young, like, asking about what different parts of the body were. We just called the parts the parts. And then they get start. you know, there are books in the bookstore that help if you're, like, not sure how to say it or whatever, something for you to read or to read with the kids. But we also just, it, I want my kids to talk to me, and we want our kids to talk to us about everything. And, and sex is not wrong. It's good. And so I want them to be able to talk to me about it. And so yeah, when they're young, it's like, well, where do babies come from? And it's just like, well, I would just say, you know, where it's like, well, when people get married and then they get married and then they have a baby sometimes after that. And they're like, oh, okay. And that's like enough when they're little. And if they go farther, but yeah, how does that happen? I'm like, well, God made it where you have to have a man and a woman and then you can have a baby. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, and then it's just like, we would just keep going because sometimes that's not enough. And sometimes the five-year-old's like okay, I want a snack, you know, and you're like, great, great conversation. But the next time they want more or they hear a word or whatever, because they will, they'll pick up on things, they'll friends or whatever, they'll come back and be like, but my friend said, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you some more. And, you know, I just, I want them to hear it. We want them to hear it from us first. Um, We want them to feel really open and comfortable. And I think that can be hard and I, you know, I know plenty of families where, like, they just ne- like never talked about this. But then all, that child is going to figure it out from someone. So do you want them to figure it out from their friend or a movie or a book or their phone eventually or whatever? No, I'd rather, I'd rather just tell them. And, you know, it's like, ew. And then they're like, okay, I want to do something else. And then as they get older, there's more questions and come back and, you know. It's an amazing thing, so.
0: So there's really two pieces to this, just to kind of summarize what we've said so far. One, we need to be proactive to instruct our kids what it is, how it's good. Um, and then we also need to be, like, open the door so that they can approach us and ask us questions, to be reactive to their questions. Because ultimately, I wanna set up open communication lines so that they can come and ask if they have any question. I mean especially if they're hearing things at school, like, just talk to us. We, we, we probably, you know, we know answers to these things. And so uh, we want them to ask us, not their friends, not the internet, you know. So we want that open communication. We want to invite it. So when they do ask, we want to encourage that, not, you know, not make it a miserable conversation for them. So that's a, a challenge. Now, to give just kind of a specific example, we've talked. We have a ten-year-old boy, and we've talked to him. I've talked to him a few times. You've probably talked to him at various points. Yeah. I don't know. We've, yeah. At at times. And recently, I I I don't know. Within the last year, we were watching Top Gun, um, the first one. Maybe you judge me for that. I don't know. We were watching Top Gun. It was just it was just me and him, and there is a scene in that where, you know, there's a sex that's, it, you know, what's his name? Tom Cruise. It's implied that he has sex with the girl. And, um, so I fast forward it. They, you know, he's at her house and, you know, then they start kissing. And then I'm like, ah, I'm going to fast forward through this part. This is my conversation with him. We're just sitting side by side. He's like, okay. And I'm like, they're going to have sex. And he's like, and I'm like, you know what that is, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, it's it's when a guy takes his penis, puts it in a girl's vagina, right? You know that, right? And so w- while I'm skipping the section, I'm just saying, "Hey, that's what they're doing. They shouldn't do that cuz they're not married, but that's what they're doing." And he's just like, I'm like, "Do you have any questions about that?" And he, You know, he, like, smiles at me and is (laughs) like, no. I'm like, okay. And then we kept watching. And that was it. Uh, That was our most recent conversation. It just kind of came up naturally. I capitalized on the opportunity. That's such a boy conversation, too.
1: (laughs) I mean... My conversation with Alyssa was, like, 45 minutes, you know? It's like, wait, what? And, like, just all... I mean, yeah. Just very, very different. Lots of questions, lots of vocabulary definitions. Lots of, you know, so you and Dad, yes, you know? So just four times? No, more than four times. You know?
0: At least four.
1: At least four. Yeah, I mean, just so, so much. But, you know, years ago, it was less. So it just, we, I mean, at this point, they've asked us words they've heard at school in relation to this. And, and we just try, you know, the, the thing is to just not respond like, what? You just said that word? They don't know what it means. They're asking. And just to be able to, let's talk about it. And what does the Bible have to say about it? That's where I we go, well, the Bible has, you know, talks about sex. God designed sex. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I think we need to feel pressure to talk to our kids about it soon. Yeah. Now, talk to them. Find a way in the next week to have to, to mention it in an age-appropriate way to your kids, depending on where they're at. And maybe it could be a like a 30-second conversation like mine was. It was just like, okay, let's keep watching. And we we're just sitting side by side. We weren't, I wasn't like grilling him in the <laughs> eyes. What do you think about that? Look me
1: in the eyes. It was son. just like.
0: Okay, we'll keep going. And
1: I mean, even and then I've, picture,
0: yeah. I, I, I don't know if I said it then, but I've said it like, hey, if you ever want to talk about, about that more some other time, let me know. I, did, I for sure said it that night. It was like, hey, if you ever want to talk about it, if you have questions, if someone says something, ask me.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll just one final thing because kind of, we are passionate about this. When we did a youth ministry... I'll, I'll never forget the meeting that I had. Well, a girl, multiple girls that were 18-year-olds approached me as the pa- high school pastor's wife and asked if I would talk to them about sex because their parents wouldn't. They wanted to meet with me so I could explain it, and they were 18. They had all these questions, and I'm just like, you you need to go to your mom. You need to go talk to your mom. She won't talk to me. You know, So that was just eye-opening that in the Christian world, I, you know, it's like, we, uh, I don't want to say anything or whatever. I don't know what it is, but we, I think it needs to be different. I don't want my kids to be going out to college off, and have, everything they've picked up has not been from this relationship.
0: So. It's interesting if someone says, my, my mom won't talk to me about that. Like, I wonder what the mom would say.
1: Right. Because I, I push back on it.
0: But, but for whatever reason, the kid has it in their mind. Mom won't talk to me about that.
1: Right. Yeah. Maybe
0: mom is super willing but
1: she hasn't opened the door. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we have time for one more. Or we could just go straight to groups right oh, now. There's one over so, there. Okay.
1: Oh, one right here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's the best way to show love to children in, like troubling situations? Because like here we don't see like war a lot of times and obviously like not much. But, like, there are certain children who, like, they live during, like, wartime, like in Gaza or Israel, and then there's also children who are sick as well. So how do we show love to those children just as if they were, like, our children, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we have opportunities to love, actively love the kids that are in our lives. So, you know, I was talking to a couple before Thrive started tonight and I looked at the clock and I was like, all right, you know, in 10 minutes, all the kids are going to leave and then we're going to pull out the dessert and we're going to have adult conversation. <laughs> and so I presented it in such a way like, you know, it's kind of, it's when 615 rolls around, it's a nice thing. All the, all the kids go to Awana and they have a great program and, and we get to have adult conversation in here. So that's a good thing. But during that dinner time before they leave, as hectic and as chaotic as it is in this room, there's opportunities, lots of opportunities for us to love kids in the room during that time to talk to them, to show them that they're important, that we care about them, to, you know, acknowledge them, things like that. We can invest in other kids. So uh, that's one real practical way to do that.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that we do when, when um, there's a, not every time, but a family that we know because it's, it's a lot easier to love people within your sphere of influence that God has put in your life that you see or know but I'll try to have my kids serve a family going through a hard time. For instance, someone we know lost, they lost their grandpa. And um, I had the kids all sit and think about it, pray for them, and then write them each a note. I mean, it's a really hard thing. They've lost someone, you know, that they love. They, we have also had someone in our lives, good friends, their, the wife lost their, they lost their dad. So it's going a really hard time. How can we love them? And practically talking through ways to bring them support, to help, to have them over, to watch these kids, to talk about things, to have Mark get involved in their life. So I think with whatever difficult situations are with the kids around us, I try to talk about it with the kids, have them look and see the problems, and then also to serve when they can